Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. been to Texas? Well, bless your heart. The Lone Star State's third largest city, Dallas, boasts TV fame with its namesake show, Wild West Notoriety, and ritzy Highland Park Village. Today we hear from Chef Dean Fearing, the father of Southwestern cuisine and the author of the Texas Food Bible. We'll also speak with the Statler Hotel, a spectacular property right in the center of the city's action. Let's explore Dallas's trendy hotspots on today's episode of Destination Everywhere, Dallas. Welcome to Destination Everywhere, everyone. My name is Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth, and we are so excited to bring you one of my favorite places and a place that I actually lived for six years, Dallas, Texas, what I consider one of the most underrated cities in America. Beautiful skyline, downtown that has just uh, blossomed over the last 10, 15 years, and so much to do, and actually pretty great weather as well. Uh, Todd, I know we've taken a lot of clients there over the years. What are your thoughts? You know, I love Dallas. First of all, Dallas has changed so much in such a, a short time. And I think it just continues to change. But, you know, again, I had this perception of Dallas because, you know, I am a pop culture fan and, and I watched the show Dallas, but it's a big money. There's industry there. And where I just wanted to go around and, and see, you know, we actually like South Fork, the house from the Dallas show. <laughs> we did go see that, which was cool. And you can actually do events there. But there's like a lot of private clubs. There's like an insider's version of Dallas. And then there's the rest of Dallas. And and trying to find out that insider's Dallas is, is kind of a fun thing to do. Well, we're certainly going to give you some ideas around that. You know, when I lived there, it was a growing city. The food is amazing. What neighborhood were you in? I was in Deep Ellum. Deep Ellum is kind of the eclectic, cool area with the garage band bars and great food. And like I was saying, the food in Dallas is something that and we're going to have a great chef on in a little bit, Dean Faring. But what you know, learn about Dallas is it has all different uh, types of food, the Southwestern style, as well as the amazing uh, continental that they're known for as well. So definitely something you want to do when you're there. But overall, it was just a great experience being there. The people are incredibly nice and polite. It's kind of like a modern Southern charm, I'd like to say. Dallas was great on the meeting side. I remember we always liked Dallas because if we were bringing people from all over, again, central place, easy to get to from the West Coast, easy to get to from the East Coast, and lots and lots of lift into Dallas because you have a couple of airports there. So, but just a cool city. Yep. It's in Northern Texas and it's a metropolis. It's absolutely huge. It It goes on forever. They have beautiful springs and beautiful falls. It's hotter than Hades in the summer but extremely, extremely dry, but is one of those places like Phoenix or Tucson that's that's really, really warm. So uh, just take that into account. We're excited to bring on our next guest. Todd, who is it? 
Well, we've actually got somebody who I've worked with in the past who has done just amazing meals for groups. And I've eaten there in his restaurant when he was actually at the mansion on Turtle Creek. But Dean Fearing is going to be joining us. And he is kind of the undisputed king of Southwestern cuisine. So really looking forward to uh, hearing what he has to say and what he's got coming up. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere Dallas. Our next guest is a guest I've been familiar with for a long time. We have the chef owner of Fearing's Restaurant in Dallas, author of the Texas Food Bible, and I should say definitely crowned, but non-contested, father of Southwestern cuisine. And the best tortilla soup ever. Yes, Chef Dean Fearing. Chef, (laughs) thank you for joining us. Well, great to be here, gentlemen. Great to be on your show. And Todd, I love your background. I didn't know you were like standing in the restaurant <laughs> as we're talking. I'm in the restaurant. I've got it all to myself right now. And Andy, you got the whole Dallas skyline behind you. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I used to live there. I loved it. Right before we started the interview, we were talking to you, Chef, and we were talking a little, little bit about your background. We had brought meetings and events to your former property, the mansion on Turtle Creek, another great spot. And you used to have the restaurant there. And You would always do such an amazing job with our guests. You always made them feel like VIPs, but your food was always just off the hook. If you go, everybody's like, get the tortilla soup. Just start with the tortilla (laughs) soup. Just start with the tortilla soup and then work your way up from there. So how did you go from where you were to Southwestern cuisine? Well, what got me into Dallas is I was right after culinary school, which was Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. I graduated in 78 and went straight to the La Maisonette in Cincinnati, which was one of the famous five-star mobile guide restaurants, period, of the whole mobile-style restaurants. And I worked there for about two years, and the chef says, listen, I have a job for you in Dallas, Texas. And what got me to Dallas was the Fairmont Hotel, and I became the passionier there. That was the fish cook. And I just fell in love with Dallas as in the back of Andy's landscape there is the skyscape, which I just fell in love with. So if you can imagine, I lived in every old river belt, rust belt, steel mill city all through the Midwest, which had its charm. But then coming to Dallas, which was brand spanking new, I couldn't believe it. I just fell in love with new. So I stayed. And it was in my first restaurant in 1981 called Agnews, which ironically was the first American restaurant in Dallas, Texas. If you can imagine in 81, it was all French restaurants, Italian restaurants. Then the only American restaurant was Luby's Cafeteria and barbecue joints. And maybe a hamburger joint along the way, but there weren't any American-style white tablecloth restaurants, casual restaurants. They weren't there yet. So it was there I said, I am going to lay my claim to do American cuisine. And all the French chefs at the time said, good luck. They gave me about six weeks to survive because they said, listen, It's not American cuisine that people want. They want French cuisine. And literally, it spooked me. 
But within six weeks, we were five star and our both of our local papers, and it started the career. So I started to develop what would be Southwest Cuisine. And along with Stephen Piles, who was also in Dallas, Texas, and also Robert Grande from Cafe Annie in Houston. And when the three of us banded together to start a style of cuisine that is still very current to American style cuisine now. And it was using all the products indigenous to our area, fish from the Gulf, wild game from South Texas, great steaks from West Texas, all the white trash coming out of Oklahoma, which is not intended to be a slang or a slam by any means. It was those great Southern flavors that we love, fried chicken, anything fried. Yeah. Now, the term Southwestern cuisine, what year would you say that was coined? We really coined it in 1985. It really started to take off. And that's when I came back to the mansion as executive chef. And I said the only way I was going to be the executive chef of the mansion on Turtle Creek was if we marketed the restaurant as a Southwest cuisine restaurant. And that was big at that time because Southwest cuisine was in its infancy. And who was going to really bite and say, okay, we're going to do that. But Bob Zimmer, the president of Rosewood Hotels at the time, which was visionary, said, you know what, we're going to do it. And we never looked back. Well, and I want to talk about like some of your accolades because it's very impressive. You've won a, a James Beard Award for Best Chef Southwest in 94, nominated for Best New Restaurant in 2008 with Fearing's Restaurant, Outstanding Restaurant 95 and 98 at the Mansion. Not only that, you've also been featured in the Time, New York Times, USA Today, Newsweek, Food & Wine. I mean, the list goes on and on. But this one really, I thought, was the most important and most impressive was Guitar Aficionado. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the alternative, the band names, too. Okay, so you're in two groups. You're a guitar player. You're with an all-chef alternative country group called the Barb Wires and then the Lost Coyote Band. Yes. Well, and I tell you, I just love to play. And being the chef owner of Fearing's Restaurant has been the greatest 13 years of my life. I mean, it has really taken me to new heights and to be able to do food that I really want to do in an atmosphere that is come as you are, pretty much. We have no rules. We don't say no. And I love that. And to be able to create food in that environment has been stellar. But also to be able to write music, which I, my song writing partner is Robert Del Grande from the Annie in Houston. He and I have been writing songs since 1985. And so we have a whole slew of songs that we still, we've just wrote one last week. We just finished one. Where do you play in Dallas? We play mainly food events. And we mainly play at Fearing's Restaurant or The Annie. So there's a lot of food events that are going on and they always say, hey, Dean, can you and the group play? And we love that. It's not like we're 
supporting ourselves out on the bars on the right, heat. right. <laughs> it mainly is to keep our toe in the water, so to speak. Let's go back just to Southwestern cuisine. Just one more question for you. Where do you see it going from here? So it's been around for 20 plus years, almost 30 years now. Where do you see it headed or, or what has happened recently that, that's been different? Well, Andy, let me put it this way. It never has left. I mean, we have items on our, well, let's talk about tortilla soup. Tortilla soup has been with me since 1981. When Carolyn Hunt brought the, the scratchy, almost unreadable recipe from the Argyle Club in San Antonio to the kitchen of the mansion and handed it to the chef, who was Christian Chemin at that time, and said, I think we should do a local soup, a very Texas-style soup in our restaurant, which was all French at that time. And I'm standing next to the chef, and there's Mrs. Hunt in front of us, and she leaves the kitchen, and Christian hands me the recipe and says, I can't believe she's going to make me do a peasant soup on the menu. (laughs) That is the greatest soup known to Dallas, and still is with fearings. So I think we have some time allotted dishes that are never going to go away. The chicken fried lobster with the prime filet at the restaurant has been on the menu for 13 years. And if I took it off the menu, I'd have to leave town. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It's really, and the bubble in maple syrup for 48 hours with jalapeno grits and butternut squash taquito can never leave the menu. I mean, people come in for that. It's such a legendary item now. So where it's going, it's never going to leave is kind of probably the best way to say it. It's those flavors that people absolutely love. And that little tinge of spice is what everybody's addicted to. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, Chef, when did you decide to actually make the jump and go from a very coveted position at the mansion on Turtle Creek, you know, a, a great restaurant to actually go out on your own and open up Fearings, you know, and Fearings is, is at the Ritz there in Dallas. So that must have been, you know, when I make a change, I've always got a nervous knot in my stomach. But what prompted you to do that? It was John Golf, who's my business partner, came over and said, how would you like to have your own restaurant and design your own restaurant and run your own restaurant? And I said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) That was easy. And I think I tripped probably three times running over to the Ritz to get started because it was so exciting. Yeah. And where you are with Fairings, which is right downtown, a little bit north of downtown, that area has really, really come together nice in the last decade or so. Tell us a little bit about that and what people should visit. Well, we call it Uptown. and. It has become a major restaurant area, but also hotel with the Ritz being there and the most gorgeous office buildings. They're absolutely wonderful. And the new parks, they're doing parks over the freeways there, right? Yeah. Clyde Warren Park is amazing. It's five acres of park that's over our major freeway that connects 
I-35 was 75, which are our two major arteries in town besides the tollway. And it is amazing. You get on this park, you think you're somewhere else, but then you're surrounded by all of these beautiful architectural buildings that I... And all the museums are right there as well. And they are. It's everything is pocketed so perfectly. And that's the other thing. I like the way Dallas has laid itself out. I agree. So, Chef, I want to go back to Fearings. And you said this, you got to design it yourself. You know, chefs and designing, sometimes they go hand in hand, other times probably not. But what were you trying to do when you were building out the restaurant? Great story. Great story. So Bill Johnson Studios out of Atlanta was our interior designer. And he's an old hippie. I'm an old hippie. So we got <laughs> Fit right in. And his idea of the restaurant was one big dining room. And I was like, Bill, no, no, we can't do that. Because in the middle of July, on a Sunday night, when somebody walks in and there's four tables there, just because there's nobody in Dallas, the business traveler isn't traveling in the middle of that month. And they're going to walk in and psychologically, they're going to say, I'm at the wrong spot. This isn't happening. So I said, no, we need to break it up into smaller rooms, seating 40 people in each room. And with that, we can still have a big restaurant, but then let's change the look of each room to give it its own atmosphere. And we have a white tablecloth room we call the gallery that is absolutely beautiful. 18-foot ceilings, you walk in, and it's just this gorgeous, beautiful, lots of art in the room, which is called the gallery. Just all of this beautiful art you see. And then we have the kitchen room, which I designed the whole kitchen around the working kitchen. And it's called the kitchen room because of the fact that you can hear people talking. Pick up! (laughs) Don't forget the special order on there. And you see flames, you smell fire from the grill. It's all of that. So our guests become infatuated with being in our kitchen, like they are there, (laughs) you know, you can't get away from it. And in this day and age, people love that. Then we have a glass pavilion that looks out into our outdoor bar, our garden. It's just this whole beautiful area. Then we have Fearing's patio, which is all outdoor dining, plus also bar dining, I mean, bar, outdoor bar with its own self-sufficient bar out there, fireplace, bandstand. We have live music on Friday and Saturday nights that are just fantastic. Brings people out, brings camaraderie, brings community. That's what I... That's wonderful. Chef, thank you so much for joining us. And we'd like to tell our listeners, Chef has agreed to give away five of his cookbooks to five of our listeners, the Texas Food Bible. So... Thank you for that. So go on to our website and and subscribe for that. At AMI, we're passionate about meeting connections that change lives. For over 20 years, we have traveled our clients all over the globe, supporting their business goals and helping them stand apart. From hotel sourcing to audiovisual magic, we'll make your corporate meeting or event second to none. 
Go to AmericanMeetings.com to learn more. American Meetings, AMI, meeting planning perfected. Welcome back, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. We are talking Dallas, Texas today, and one of my favorite places, somewhere I lived for a number of years, and there's so many things to do. We're going to kind of give you a, a wide range of bucket list items to do. And the first one we have, you may have seen it a few years ago when they hosted the Super Bowl, is visiting AT&T Stadium, Stadium and actually having an event there or going to an event there. It's about 20 minutes out of downtown. It's in Arlington, Texas, and it's the largest dome stadium in the world and one of the most expensive ones ever built. Um, inside it, there's 22 event locations, everything from hosting the Final Four they've done. You can go to a concert, but you could also have a birthday party in one of the smaller suites. So there's lots of things to do and just a great, great thing to go see the sheer mass and size of it. You'll definitely see it if you're driving in from the airport, but it's also a great tourist attraction. And the next one is really for all of the the history buffs and government enthusiasts. We've had in the past couple of decades, two President Bushes from Texas. And of course, everybody knows that the George W. Bush Museum, Presidential Museum is in Dallas. So it's a really unique spot. It has exhibits highlighting the presidential term and also like an exhibit such as Life in the White House, a 9-11 memorial and actually an exact replica of the Oval Office while he was in it. So that's always something really cool to see. And it's just got a lot of history to it. Yeah, Todd, you've actually been in the Oval Office. I've been in the actual Oval Office. And I think it was actually during President Bush's term. Bush one. Yeah. Bush one. Yeah. So uh, that's a whole different story. That was really cool to see. Great. All right. The next one is locate a spot where JFK was assassinated. Everyone who goes, definitely there, but this has huge historical significance. And it's in Dealey Plaza, and it's right downtown. When I lived there, I used to uh, run. It used to be part of my my, my jogging circle. But there's a city park there now uh, near the West End District. And there's actually an X on the street, uh, which marks the spot of his assassination. So it's great to go there. There's a great museum called the Sixth Floor Museum. So that was the book depository, right? It was. It was. Where the Sixth Floor Museum is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's when we were there, everybody, I think, is still trying to solve the case. People were, were kind of running around on the street. They were going to the vantage points where they said the gunshots. You know, every, I think everybody's still working to act, actively see if there was a second shooter. But ton of history. Really, really interesting to see. And then they show the live footage, too, in the museum, which is cool. Absolutely. This next one is just, to me, awesome. This is definitely something I'm adding, and I'm going to get on this website. But you can attend a private invitation-only dinner hosted by three master chefs. So it's a secret-themed dining experience called Frank. I guess it's not a secret anymore. It was created by three chefs who met on Gordon Ramsay's show, MasterChef. And it features a communal table of 20 guests that are randomly seated from a reservation list. And the location of the party changes. The three chefs prepare a multi-course meal of fresh local ingredients. So if this is something that you're interested in, they do have a website. It's called frankunderground.com. And you can add your name to the list. And guests are only selected one week prior to the dinner. So you need to be flexible with your availability. But that seems like just an amazing experience. I think I'm going to get on that website. Absolutely. How much fun. 
All right. The next one is visit the graves of the famous criminal couple, Bonnie and Clyde. So the two actually started in Dallas and they ended up in Dallas. They're actually buried in two different areas. Bonnie is at Crown Hill Memorial Park and Clyde is at Western Heights Cemetery. So check them out if you want to see the graves of Bonnie and Clyde. And as you know, if you listen to Destination Everywhere, we're always finding those really unique places to go. And that's definitely one of them. Yeah, great movie. Bonnie was Faye Dun- Dunaway and Clyde was Warren Beatty. So before you go, watch the movie to give you some perspective if, they, if you plan on stopping by that. The next one is actually something I think most people think about when they think of Dallas. And there is a year-round rodeo. So if you want to channel your inner cowboy or cowgirl, you can attend this year-round rodeo. And it's located about 30 minutes from downtown. And it is the Fort Worth stockyards. So you can watch the bull riding, the shootout shows, and enjoy a saloon style bar. Yeah. And it really is just a lot of, a lot of fun. Rhinestone Cowboy was filmed there. And uh, you'll notice a lot of other famous Southwestern and country uh, movies that have been uh, shot at Gillies. I didn't do my research on the movies that were filmed in Dallas to share with everybody. (laughs) Well, get, get to work. Maybe I'll get to work. And in a few minutes, I'll have them after our next guest. All right. Sounds good. So the next one is something that's absolutely beautiful. Best time of year, in my opinion, to be in Dallas, which is March and April. There is the Dallas Blooms event um, at the Dallas Arboretum. And it's an annual festival showcasing over 500,000 tulips. There's cooking classes, wine pairings, live entertainment. This is a fun event. There's also Easter events that go on. So it's a great venue also for a corporate event or a fundraiser. At the Arboretum, it's just a beautiful, beautiful space. So highly recommend going to Dallas Blooms in March and April. And if you want a nice local neighborhood to explore, if you just want to get out and walk and uh, do some shopping and eating, there's a great little neighborhood called the Bishop Arts District. And it's really known for its small town feel. It's a, It's got a hidden gem appeal. It's a very close-knit community. And you can definitely expect to find diverse nightlife, colorful street art, Texas-style barbecue, of course, coffee shops, and it also hosts festivals and wine walks. So check out the calendar for the neighborhood and try to line it up so you can do some great wine walks. Yeah, so the tie, So this is what we did one night. I, I don't know if you remember. We went, to, we went to Deep Ellum for barbecue for dinner. Deep Ellum's another really eclectic, cool neighborhood. It's a short drive over to the Bishop Arts District, and that has a much more of a neighborhood feel, like a tight-knit neighborhood feel. And we walked around, we shopped, we got some ice cream, and it was just a really, really beautiful night. So highly recommend it. And it's kind of that uh, neighborhood feel, but right near downtown Dallas. So it's it's very easy to get to. So highly recommend that as a bucket list item and a great evening to do. Great food there as well. All right, so the next one is really cool is go to the first place the frozen margarita was created and visit the restaurant that started it all. It's Mariano's Hacienda, and it's owned by Mariano Martinez and the home to where the first soft serve ice cream machine was retrofitted to make margaritas back in 1971. So you can actually see all the history there and experience a great margarita. Well, obviously there's so much more to do in Dallas, but We're going to switch the topic right now. We're going to come back with our next guest, who is Ryan Miyamoto, and he is the hotel manager for the Statler Hotel. And the Statler is actually known for its uh, celebrity appearances within the Statler Ballroom, performances from the Jackson 5, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, and Cher. 
got a lot of history. And the Statler also features a bowling alley and a speakeasy bar, which are my favorites. So we'll be right back and hear what Ryan has to say. Welcome back to Destination Everywhere. I'm really excited to talk to our next guest. The next guest is the general manager of the Statler Hotel in Dallas. And of course, the Statler Hotel has been around since 1956, but it did take a, an extended hiatus. It closed in 2001, reopened in 2018 after some large renovations. And one little fact that was interesting, it's the first hotel that introduced elevator music. And the Statler Ballroom is famous for hosting such performers as the Jackson 5, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, and many more. So I'd really like to welcome Ryan Miyamoto, uh, the general manager of the Sadler Hotel. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Ryan, what are some of the hotel's most recognized amenities? There's so much. When I think about the Statler, I really think about a destination in downtown Dallas. It's really built and designed for the business traveler and the local traveler, the leisure traveler as well. Some of the things that really stand out about us is just the renovation that we did. It's, it's a blend of modern design with that old style charm. You know, we still have the original terrazzo floors that the hotel opened up in. 1956. But some of the great offerings that we have here really has to do with our food and beverage offerings, as well as the design. We have, we're fortunate enough to have one of the best views in, in Dallas on our 19th floor. It's a great gathering place. The venue is called Waterproof. The funny backstory about Waterproof is when the hotel first opened up, downtown Dallas obviously wasn't built with all the skyscrapers then high rises. And it was originally the helipad for the hotel. So when we had celebrities come in, they would have the helicopter drop them off on the rooftop and then enter the hotel that way. Obviously, as downtown Dallas grew, it became unsafe to have the helipad up there. And we transformed it into one of the most sought after nightlife spots in downtown just due to its view and and the ambiance. And I hear you also have a bowling alley. Is that true? Yeah. In our sports bar named Scout, there's four bowling lanes. It's really an interactive setting. So, you know, you have your bowling lanes, you have pool tables, ping pong, screens, TV screens everywhere, all the fun arcade games that you can find. So it's a really interactive, family-friendly venue. Ryan, I know you mentioned waterproof, but something you failed to mention is there's actually a rooftop pool up there, which is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I, I did. And it's outside, you know, so you can get one of their specialty cocktails out there, hang out in the pool and just take in all the views. It comes in really handy during the hot Texas summers. And most major cities, New York, Chicago. I know when I go, the best thing to go to is a speakeasy. And if you can find one, because a lot of times they're hidden, it's always just a really great experience. So I understand that the Statler has a speakeasy. We do. It's called Bourbon and Banter. It's actually one of my favorite places to visit in the building. It's, it's a really interesting feel. And the thing that makes it fun is that it's located in our basement. And it was originally when the hotel opened, there was the original barbershop. And so when you walk into it, the entryway has the shoe shine station, and then there's a telephone booth in there. You have to know the secret code to, to type into the telephone booth, and then the speakeasy door opens up. But we did a great job down there. The concept still revolves around hairstyles. All the drinks are still named after old hairstyles. And we kind of carried on the tradition of leaving it as the barbershop. 
Uh, we're definitely coming to that. That sounds like too much fun. Do you guys hold any annual events on the property? Do you have anything that comes in on a regular basis that our guests would be interested in? We do have annual events. We we mostly center them around the holidays. We have a great event every Halloween, and it's actually a two-tiered event, again, focusing on trying to accommodate everyone. During the day, it's a trick-or-treat for families. We have kids, the local kids from the neighborhoods come in, pass out candy. There's a small haunted house feature that goes on. And then at night, it turns into more of an adults-only Halloween gathering. And then we always have, we always put on a great New Year's Eve party. You know, the the nice thing about us is that we have this beautiful ballroom, 14,000 square feet of space, which is really an entertainment venue. And we can bring in DJs and set it up. And it's just a great time. But we put on a spin on the state fair because the state fair here in Texas is so big, right? And that's iconic in its own. And it's right down the street from your hotel. Exactly. And it got curtailed a little bit this year. So we put on a, a performance called Fair Play at the Statler. And it was more of a photo opportunity, get out of the house, be safe, and and still get all the same great things that you could at the state fair. So we had photo booths and we had corn dogs and turkey legs and we had all the great things that you could get at the state fair. We had the midway going with games and things like that. Everything's pretty much short of the petting zoo and the rides. Oh, that sounds incredible. That sounds incredible. Ryan, as general manager of the hotel, and I know you've only been open since 2018, what are some of the most extraordinary requests you've received from guests to kind of make their experiences over the top? One of the most requested items, and it's really from our groups, and it it ties back all the way back to when the hotel first opened. And it's actually one of the most signature events in Staller history is Neiman Marcus is located right down the road from us, about two blocks away. And in 1959, they had a llama, and her name was Linda Lee, flown in from New York and flew into Dallas Love Field at the time. She actually took a limo from Love Field all the way to the Statler, where she did a check-in. And it's pretty neat because we have a picture of her at the desk getting the, getting the registration paperwork from the desk agent. We have pictures of her in, throughout the building. She was here on a promotional tour with Neiman Marcus, visiting children at the children's hospital while she was here. So one of the requests that we get all the time from groups is, hey, can we have Linda Lee stop by and say hi? Hey, can we have a photo opportunity with Linda Lee? And from time to time, Linda Lee makes a special appearance here at the Staller. Oh, that's great. What a great tradition. Ryan, quick question for you. You had Frank Sinatra there. You had Michael the Jackson 5 there over the year. Are there any stories like any urban legends about what happened to Statler way back when, when it was in its prime before it's had this amazing redo and has kind of come back into its own? I don't know about urban legends. There's a lot of things that happened here, right? And these are some of the, I'll I'll share one with you that happened that's, that's not a legend. Back in 1976, the Statler was getting ready to welcome Tina Turner and Ike Turner, and they were going to get ready to perform in our ballroom. So they came, they checked into the hotel, and actually the night before they performed is when Tina Turner famously fled from Ike while he was asleep in the guest room. With the help of one of the hotel bellmen, she exited the hotel through the service stairs and out the back door and down the road. Do you have a guest that's come back after 18 years that's experienced the Statler prior to the renovations and now? Have you talked to anybody specifically that had been a guest prior? 
it's funny because when we reopened in 2018, we knew we would have some of that. I don't think we expected as many people to remember what it was like back in the glory years. And it seems weekly that I'm having a conversation with a guest that, you know, one, one thing that we do have out front in, in the drive is we always have two classic cars out front, you know, from the 50s, the 60s. And I hear guests all the time that, hey, when we came back in 1960, we remember the cars out front and they're still out here and they'll stop and they'll take photos. It's actually kind of funny, you know, kind of referencing back to the Linda Lee experience in all of our guest rooms, we have pictures of Linda Lee and we have a statue commemorating her. And I think this was around June or July of last year, I got a, a letter from a gentleman who said, loved our stay at the Statler. Thank you so much. We're here celebrating our wedding anniversary. And I looked over at the side of the bed and I noticed the picture and my dad worked here and my dad's actually in the picture. He was the desk agent handing Linda Lee the envelope. That's incredible. And <laughs> it just kind of blew my mind. But to, that was kind of a long answer to your question. But yes, we get guests all the time that come up to us and thank us, you know, for really bringing this iconic fixture in downtown Dallas back to life. That's great. That's great. What a great story. So, you know, you're, you guys are on East Commerce Street right downtown. What are some great activities within walking distance of the hotel? And as we wrap up the interview, we'd also like to know what your favorite thing as a hospitality professional is, uh, to do in Dallas. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, I mentioned Neiman Marcus. Their flagship store is two blocks down the road from us. And again, just going back to where we're located right on Commerce Commerce Street, right across from the Main Street Garden, we're blocks away from the historical sites here in downtown Dallas, such as the JFK Tour, Memorial Park. Obviously, that played a big role in, in Dallas's history. And funny enough, when that tragic day in our history happened, the FBI actually set up headquarters here at the Staller Hotel. So we had a part in, big part in that as well. We're close to the Arts District. There's We're right down the road from the farmer's market. So again, a lot of activities just within walking distance of the hotel. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't uh, consider Dallas a, like a walking city, but it is a really nice condensed downtown with amazing skyline and great little neighborhoods all the way around it. So you really can probably walk straight out of, of the Statler and pretty much go any direction and be a short walk from any of the activities. It really is. And, you know, for me, the great thing about Dallas, and not many people think of it when they're thinking about Dallas that I love doing in the city is just going to all the different museums. There's so many great art museums and history museums, cultural museums here in the city. And then, you know, again, we're so close to the American Airlines Center where the Mavericks play and the Stars play, and they put on great events over there from concerts. Just catching an event over at the American Airlines Center is fantastic for me to do too. And Ryan, one more thing. If our listeners want to follow you and see what's coming up, where can they find you? What are some of your social media? So the best place to see what's coming up is our website, thestatlerdallas.com. We're also on Facebook, the, the Statler Dallas, and then our Instagram feed as well. So we do a great job promoting there. All of the upcoming events that we're putting on, we put out all through our social media channels. And anybody that wants to come down, we welcome everybody in. Great. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate your time. Ryan Minamoto, General Manager of the Statler. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Oh, 
Uh, welcome back, everybody. Wow. Dallas is one of my old hometowns. I love it. Gosh, so much great history. Such a great place to go to find Southwest cuisine. If you're anywhere near one of D- Dean Farring's restaurants, make sure that you get the tortilla soup. It is something that you will never forget. And nice to meet him. He, he is such a nice guy. And we found he's actually connected with a, a lot of other amazing chefs around the country. So if you're ever traveling in in a city, talk to the chefs because they seem to know all the best places to go. But he was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And the Statler Hotel, I mean, I just can't wait to go visit. We haven't been yet. It was closed when I actually lived in Dallas, but from the pool to the speakeasy to the bowling alley, it's like you can do all these great things just in the hotel without even leaving the hotel. But when you leave the hotel, you're right in downtown Dallas and can walk around. It's such an easy city to walk. Ryan shared a lot of great history. Well, one that just stuck out was the night Tina Turner actually left Ike and started her solo career. I thought that was fascinating. I remember that from the movie. Right. I I know. I'm going to have to go back and see exactly where that was filmed and uh, be sure that it was representing Dallas in that that movie. But absolutely a, a great place. Dallas all around is just such a big, diverse city and so much to do. So I'm really looking to get back there and, and check out some new things. So that concludes this episode of Destination Everywhere Dallas. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd like to thank our team. We'd like to thank Chris Jordan, our copywriter, Annie Fernandez, our creative director, and of course, Lauren Campbell, our podcast producer. So please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. And be sure to join us next time on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.